Welcome into another episode of Sports with Sema. I'm Chris Sema, and this is one of my favorite times on the sports calendar. It's training camp time with football season set to get underway. The pads are about to start popping at training camps across the league. Uh, The Bears have reported up at Hallis Hall and ready to get going with their 2021 campaign. There's a lot in store, and for me as somebody who also loves baseball, combine that with trade time, the heating up of some of these playoff races, intrigue around the baseball world as well, Uh, and there's so much more going on in the sports world. But today, the focus is football. I want to get right to it. My two guests today, first, from the NFL Network, it's Stacey Dales, who does a terrific job reporting across the league. Oftentimes a focus on the Bears, and she was there today at House Hall recording here on Tuesday as Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace met with the media and looked ahead towards this season in this camp. So I wanted to get her thoughts on Matt Nagy, uh, what's in store for this quarterback battle, what's ahead for this defense, one with a lot of fascination. Uh, and then my second guest is former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. Uh, Not with Sirius XM NFL Radio, he's traveling along the league, going through training camp sites and really getting a look at what's ahead for this season. I wanted his perspective, his unique perspective on this Bears quarterback battle. He's somebody that's been in these very shoes of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and knows what's ahead of them for this season. So I wanted his thoughts on what the mindset of each of these quarterbacks is going to be and what is going to play out for the Bears heading into this season at the quarterback position. So Jim Miller had a lot of great thoughts. I really enjoyed talking with him as well. Before we get going, do your thing. Subscribe uh, if you haven't already. Five stars, four stars, whatever feedback you have, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, There's a lot more football on tap now that we're getting into the season. So if that's your forte, uh, baseball talk as well. Plenty more to come and podcast throughout. But this is football. This is all Bears here. So let's get right into it. This is Sports with Sema. Here's Chris Emma. All right, joined now by NFL Network's own Stacey Dales, one of my good friends out there covering the NFL. And Stacey, thanks for joining me. We just got back, respectively, from the Bears start to training camp with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy addressing reporters, as well as several players. And uh, it's report day. The NFL training camp is here. So, uh, First of all, how you doing? And what did you think about today? What were your takeaways? Well, okay, so I'm doing amazingly because I'm with you, Emma. I mean, <laughs> that's an obvious, right? Like, come on. Um, I'm glad you're not on a golf course in Wisconsin somewhere. And uh, we're all working now. It's all business here. <laughs> I got to see you at Hallis Hall. <laughs> I was, you know, listen, I think it's always every time I go to a training camp in this league, I'm always encouraged because everybody's, you know, revived and they're fresh and they're ready to go. And, and, but I would say this, and you and I talked at Hellas Hall, maybe no more did I feel that way ever than with the bears than this year, just because for the sheer fact that they really, like you and I have spoken about really have nothing to lose. I kind of like the vibe in there. Right. Ryan Pace said, it's calm around here. But then my favorite thing was Matt Nagy, the coach goes, we're just being in the moment. And I kind of personally in life live by that. So when you say, how are you doing Stace? Like, well, I've just tried to enjoy the off season. We didn't have one last year because of the pandemic. Uh, And I've, I've tried to stay in the moment. I think everybody that does that in life without looking behind them and looking ahead of them, they're able to succeed in the moments, which allow the journey to happen. So 
that's where I see the Bears. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. And think about the NFL. They say NFL stands for not for long. And in the NFL, in the case of the Bears, it's Matt Nagy coming off two really tough seasons of eight and eight. Uh, really rough way to end last season. He didn't know if he's going to have a job this year. Uh, that's the past. The future for Matt Nagy is what happens at quarterback. What does he have to do to really stick around? Like he doesn't, it's kind of open-ended, everything that comes next for the Bears. Uh, it, it's a transition season is kind of all we know. And that's, we just don't know what that's going to look like, what it's going to entail. So uh, yeah, I, I like Matt Nagy referencing uh, Giannis after, uh, it was right before actually they uh, closed out the championship in Milwaukee, talking about how, you know, if you look at the past or look at the future, that's your ego. It's, it's staying present. And I like what you said too, about the post-pandemic perspective of, uh, you, you know, not looking ahead to what's next, not looking back at what we encountered. Just, I think it's a really healthy mindset. I'm with you on that. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, like, I think we're all pushed into reality when the SH blank T goes bad in life or something bad happens, but we all can recognize when amazing things happen because of people's approach. So like Giannis and Ted Kubo, like to do what he did this year to stay eight years in a franchise, it's like, it gives hope and promise every other sports entity out there. Right. I mean, it's, it's inspiring. That's why, that's why Michael Jordan, the last dance is so inspiring. And so I just, I'm like, yeah, I feel you on that. I think for the bears, I just, I'm anxious to see now. I, it's not even necessarily I'm anxious to see what this plan really is with quarterbacks, because do they have the third toughest strength of schedule in the NFL? They basically have to play not only the NFC North, but the NFC West this season, the NFC West is an absolute monster. Yeah. When you think of Arizona, you think of San Francisco, Seattle, um, it, it's unbelievable. Um, the Rams to kick it off like that division may be the toughest in football and, and NFC North fans will be like, whatever Dale's the NFC North is, but, um, and, and not to mention, you know, they've also got Tampa in there somewhere. So in Pittsburgh, by the way, Oh, in Baltimore, like, are you, <laughs> are you, are you kidding me? So I, I think with that schedule, they can't play with something you know, on the, on the backs, of, in the backs of their minds, they have to play free. They have to play loose. But when I say, I can't wait to see how this plan works because of this schedule, they're going to be pushed into making decisions in one way or the other with their quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's an awesome guy. I don't know if I've seen a, your beard looks good right, right now, as we speak, Andy Dalton's beard might be the best in the NFL. He's got that perfect like fade down on the side too. The hair, somebody texted me earlier, said his hair looks tall. His hair looks really <laughs> tall. Like he had the look down. Uh, I don't know if this is the back nine of his career, Andy Dalton with the, the burly red beard or not. Like he's got the look. It, it inspires confidence in some form, but well, I mean, you said it too. Like, I mean, this, like he's got a great head on his shoulders. That's everything you kept hearing. Uh, you've covered him a lot longer than I have given that you focus with your job more so in the Midwest and the league is at large. Like what should be the bears fans know about this guy? What should Chicago know about Andy Dalton? Well, Andy Dalton, you know, had a run of gosh, five years to the playoffs. He's a, he's been to the pro bowl a couple of times and um, he, he's had winning records. Like I know that was early in his career, but you know what else he had to go with it? I remember covering those Bengals teams 
he had a defense, a defense that was a top five defense. And when Andy Dalton, there's a couple things in mind. He has a defense and he has, he has the ability to, to push the ball with the run game and have a boundary receiver like AJ green, like he did. Um, he's a really good quarterback and he's also a quarterback that is more confident than people realize he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He always has. And I think we saw that today in the presser when he was asked about the excitement surrounding Justin Fields. And he's like, listen, that goes with the position. When you're drafted 11th overall, that goes with the position. I'll paraphrase the rest. Um, but I'm the starting quarterback. I was brought in here for a year on a one-year deal to be the starting quarterback. And I'm going to run this ship because that's what I've been asked to do. And We'll see what that looks like. I, I think this offensive line, Chris, is going to be pretty good. I think they're, they have some promise. I like that they have four starters returning. It doesn't mean every one of them is going to start. I like that they drafted a second rounder and a fifth rounder. I like that they brought in Wilkinson. Um, and I think this run game personally can be really good. David Montgomery is better than advertised. I think he's a little underrated. Um I don't know if he's had the offense to show that. And so like when Matt Nagy says, we want to be able to hand the ball off to David Montgomery in the fourth quarter, because we have a huge lead. I believe that, but we've got to see them get a lead in these early games. So I'll be interested to see how the offense comes together to do that, but I'm excited. I think there's a lot of promise with this entire roster. Yeah, you know what I liked about uh, You touched on it a little bit. What, what Dalton said today was he was asked uh, by our colleague Kevin Fishman about what's it going to be like when you hear, you know, the roar from a Justin Fields pass. He said, well, I, I think, I hope I can get those kind of roars too. I'm the starter. Like he takes ownership of being the starter. Like you think back to Mike Glennon in 17, who his line was, you know, I've been told this is my year. Like he didn't say with any kind of confidence, Dalton has that. And it's a weird dynamic for bears fans where like, everybody's rooting for Justin Fields. And because of that, people seem to be kind of rooting against Andy Dalton. Like you want the both to do well, like the, the perfect scenario is what the bears are kind of clinging onto. It's Dalton locks down the job for the year fields develops behind the scene and uh, you're better for it long-term. Like it, I, I at least admire that Dalton seems to be keenly aware of the situation in Chicago. And he knew they were going to be drafting somebody. He wasn't caught off guards. He knows that this quarterback job could be very temporary if he doesn't play well, but he seems to be embracing it. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what I keep coming back to with, with this quarterback battle is like, I think he's got some sticking power throughout this season. Like I, I think a lot of bears fans are just kind of analysts around the, the NFL and the, and the country keeps saying, well, it's not going to be Dalton's for long. We've seen what kind of player he is, but you touched on what makes him successful. There was, you know, having that complimentary run game, a strong offensive line, that boundary receiver, which hello, Allen Robinson, like he's got the pieces in place. If Matt Nagy can do right by him and the bears truly give him an opportunity. Like I wouldn't count him out, holding on to this thing for deep into the season, maybe the whole season. Yeah, I, 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 it's possible. I, I still go back. I've done a number of reports on, you know, we continue to talk about Matt Nagy and the blueprint and the Patrick Mahomes model in 2017, when he was brought into KC and Alex Smith was in whatever year, what a career he had. I love Alex Smith, but that 2017 year, Alex Smith had the best year of his career. The guy took this, his team to a playoffs. He had the best passer rating, the best down interception ratio. I think it was 26 to five, a 105 PR. 
his completion percentage was the best, you know, in terms of what he could have given his team. I remember Matt Nagy telling me at some point, like, they were just, let's cut it loose. Let's launch it down the field. And they gave Alex Smith the keys to the car, to the Lamborghini, and he did his thing. Patrick Mahomes was on the other side in the scout team, wowing everybody through a 16-game season. So he sits Alex, the, Andy Reid sits Alex Smith the final game of the season to rest him for the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes goes into that final game and I believe wins it, right? So if my point being, if Andy Dalton has a good year, you're right. Like he, he could maybe if, what if he does have his best year in 11th, in his 11th season? What if he does have his best season, his most decorated season? And this thing just blossoms. Do you put Justin Fields in? It's, it's then you have a dilemma. And that's, that's where I just think that we're going to learn a lot. When I look at the schedule, we're going to learn a lot. The Rams, the Bengals. So Andy Dalton's going to see his former week two three another AFC North opponent in the Browns and then Detroit Lions in week four what we're going to learn there is does Andy, has is Andy Dalton beating the teams he's supposed to right like Andy Dalton should beat the Cincinnati Bengals with all due respect to the Bengals he should be able to beat the Detroit Lions with all due respect why because they have a great defense the Bears do so those are winnable games when you're new to a system. It's even in, to me, Emma, even in like year 11, when you're in a new offense in your 11th season, you still have things to learn about the way they want to do things, right? This is still going to be a, a bit of a learning curve for Andy Dalton. Forget about Justin Fields for Andy Dalton. So I think you've got a couple winnable games there in the first four games of the season. And then uh, we'll see how they handle Aaron Donald on September the 12th. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you touched on the, the Mahomes thing, you know, in 17, that's the model they want to follow. But, and you asked the question today, which has been on my mind for a while is if, if we're comparing those situations, you have to compare rookie Justin Fields to rookie Patrick Mahomes. And I, I tend to think that Fields is far ahead of where Mahomes was because Mahomes was a system guy uh, had fewer, uh, he had more snaps just because of pure quantity, but he didn't have mm-hmm. the value what you want in those playing championship stages like Justin Fields has. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's this is where things just get murky for me. Is is it about they keep saying they'll know when Justin Fields is ready, and I have no reason to believe he won't be ready by week one. But that's been promised to Dalton more or less. They haven't used the word promise, but it seems clear week one is his. They want him to continue from there. I just keep wondering if it's more about when Dalton fails the uh, fails at this spot. If he does, then uh, Fields is readiness. Like, the open endedness is just kind of awkward to me. When honestly, Fields is the priority, is the long term fit. Like, do you see a clear and easy transition in play for this, or is it just going to be one of those, you know, the next awkward transition at quarterback? That's usually what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. It's so gray when you talk about it. It's just gray. Like you talk about Mahomes and when he came in and he was running this, you know, pro style offense uh, in terms of, of, you know, he threw the ball a bunch at Texas tech with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury, where, where, you know, who's now in Arizona. And at the same time, you think about Justin Fields. I mean, I'm looking at notes in front of me because I've been working pretty much since I got home from, from the first day of camp. 
I mean, he led the FBS with 78 touchdowns in two seasons, 19 to 20. He barely, he lost two games, dude. Like this guy is a winner. His, his down the field um, deep, deep ball was exceptional in college, but then he had the legs to be able to break out and beat you on the ground a little bit. So you would think he might be ready, right? You would think he might have the gravitas and the cachet to absolutely win the starting role. But here's where I, I stand back and I respect the decision that's made because I, I wanted to know, I wanted to learn more about it. So I contacted Kurt Warner, who I work with, who's in a, a hall of fame quarterback. And he talked to me about the word protection and it's not just protection protection in the literal sense on the offensive line. It's protecting the player, the rookie quarterback, it's protecting the team and it's protecting the coach in a way. So it's, it's when you're a rookie, you throw a pick early in the season. Are you a rookie that is able to handle that and bounce back and come back out the next series and, and be dominant and make up for it? Or are you a rookie that has to think about that interception? And then there's another one and another one. How do you handle adversity? Um, so you protect those things. You protect the team a little bit from the media uproar of who's your starting quarterback. We can't even ask that anymore. No. He's already told us, right? Yeah, he's done with it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't blame him. I, I, we got to ask it. He knows we got to ask it, but. Yeah. But I think the biggest part, Chris, is, and I'll ask, I'll challenge you on this question. I'll see what you say. Do you want to start? You got a veteran who's been to the playoffs who's been to pro bowls and yes, they were early, but things changed in Cincinnati, whatever, whatever the defense wasn't as good. You have a veteran quarterback and you have a rookie quarterback taken in the, within the top 15, 11th overall. Do you want to put the rookie out there right away? And all of a sudden it fails and he goes Oh, for four in the first four games, this is all hypotheticals. Now you've got to put the veteran in first and Go with what's tried and true to begin with. And then if that doesn't work, now you bring in the young buck and let him see if he can do the job. Who sat back and watched it, seen it, and now has a little bit of experience witnessing a pro style game in, in first person. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, the tried and true model is go with the veteran until he fills pretty much. And uh, I've always been of the mindset that if, if a rookie quarterback fails and can't be salvaged because of that, he was probably bound to fail anyways. Like whether it's just, you're getting it out of the way early. I mean, we saw a lot That's of that right. with Trubisky, you know, Trubisky had, uh, you know, 17 was a challenging year for him. 18 was kind of, I mean, showed progress, kind of earned a pro bowl, not as an alternate, but I mean, you could see he never quite, it was, they protected him so much. And when they took off the training wheels, he went down like, um, it, it's a tough question. What you just asked. I mean, I, I guess the safest, it's also not my job on the line. Like if I, if I'm at Nagy and he were to rush out, Justin Fields out there week one with Dalton have been signed to this deal and, and fields fails, then Nagy's gone. The same with pace. Like I, it's tough. I understand why, you know, football coaches tend to trust these veterans. I, I think it's the right way to go with Dalton out of the gates, even though I do believe fields is ready for this chance, just because, they need to get some continuity on offense. And Dalton is, he's a veteran. He's smart. He understands the playbook. He knows what Nagy wants to do. I think the biggest thing, of course, regardless of who's at quarterback is how often and how consistently they commit to the running game, which 
I think that's going to be more of an element to the offense just because uh, they have to. They, they finally understand that the, the common denominator between Dalton and Fields is going to be that running game. So um, that, that's how I see it. I, I think they have to go with Dalton out of the gates, and I believe that it's going to work out. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, and I feel like there's a sureness with this staff. I, I sense that today. The word sureness is – um, it's, it's not certainty necessarily, but there's a confidence about the decision that I, I, I think they are, you remember last year, Chris, and it was, oh, you know, Mitch and it was Nick and it was Mitch and Nick. Well, well, Nick throws a pretty, Nick throws a pretty ball, but, and it was a quarterback competition, but wow, Mitch looked really good today. Like it was just that there was no sureness. And I, I right now feel like they truly have a sure vision of what they want to do. And I like that. And I'm with you on the run game. I think Damian Williams is interesting. Yeah. Um, he had, he had career highs in scrimmage yards and scrimmage touchdowns back in 19 for Kansas city, that glorious year. And I think about what he can do in the pass protection game, which maybe Tariq Cohen doesn't give you, but now you have a back that can add that element and that layer. So you've got Montgomery, you've got Williams, and, and all of a sudden you've, you've got a healthy Tariq Cohen that you can flank out, that you can do some stuff in the receiving game with. I, I think this Bears team could be pretty good if they figure it out. And this offensive line being the common denominator offensively, we know what the defense is going to give us, right? We know what I think Sean Desai is like going to be a little, a mad scientist. I think he's like a little miniature version of, and I say little miniature because he's much younger than Vic Fangio, but I think he's a miniature version in the works of becoming like a Vic Fangio. Um, so I'm excited about Sean. I'm excited for him. And um, gosh, darn it. At the end of the day, let's get Cole commit some touchdowns too. <laughs> <laughs> they got it right. He's got to be more involved. Uh, you kind of answered what, what it was going to be uh, one of my last questions there, but about the defense. Uh, you asked about uh, Khalil Mack today and the pass rush in particular. Uh, I, I believe in Sean Desai like you do. He's extremely smart. I love his background and what he can do and his reputation of putting players in positions. But I'm kind of wondering just if they have enough just after losing Kyle Fuller at corner. Uh, Mack is another year older. Quinn coming off a really down year. Goldman coming back after opting out and Eddie Jackson coming off a really disappointing 2020 season. Like, do you feel like they have enough to really be a top 10 or top five defense as the reputation kind of proceeds? And it's, it suggests they should be a dominant force again, but I just wonder if it's getting to the point where that window is shutting. I still think they do. I personally, I do. I mean, Artie Burns missed all of last season uh, with the ACL. So you get him back now in the secondary. He'll be healthy, we presume. Um, Jalen Johnson enters his second season. I think he's a really good football player. Like, he is a football player. If he can stay healthy, I mean, he's a banger. He wants physical contact. The one, the one thing I remember asking Eddie about, I believe it was Eddie, was Jack, Eddie Jackson was, you know, some of the differences between Chuck Pagano, whom I love, and Sean Desai. And you know, obviously they're different coaches, but in this league, I really believe scheme matters in terms of how defenses have to play. It's like basketball. They have to play on strings. They have to be rushing coverage 
is so cliche, but like, if you have Russian coverage in this league, that that's like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Like you have Russian, coverage, maybe the two best right now in the league and your whole unit has to do it, but you have to take those marquee players. If you have one at every single level. So up front, middle back. And I've talked to coaches around the league about this. If you have a pro bowler or an all pro at every level, you ought to be a damn good defense. The Bears have not only Khalil Mack up front, but I mean, I still am a big Akeem Hicks believer and fan. This guy's a monster. He's a, he's a difficult game plan to deal with. Bill Belichick has said it. I don't think you could get more praise than that. And Eddie Goldman's going to make a difference. Roquan Smith is one of the best freaking linebackers in the NFL. This guy is in, incredible. His sideline to sideline ability is insane. And then Eddie Jackson, the, 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 the back end X factor disguise. That's the word Eddie. I think it was Eddie used disguise. How can you hide Eddie? Maybe, maybe how many defensive backs can you bring in to let him loose? Right. Within your package. So I think scheme will matter for this team based upon how they target Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson and maybe use Roquan in some unique ways in the middle of the defense. I think they're going to get creative. And that's why I asked today, how are you guys going to create a bigger rush with Kalim? Get him back to quarterback pressures, constant quarterback pressures. And Nagy said, right. He's, you know, we we're, we're talking about getting creative. They're in the lab right now. And I think they have to get into that lab. And not only is it Khalil, it's Eddie Jackson. The second, the second one on my list, they've got to find ways for him to get back to ball hawking, he's got to be a magnet back there. Yeah. Um, last question for you here is I know you're busy. This is the busy time of year and it's only picking up, but uh, I'm curious from your perspective with NFL network. Yeah. You live locally here in the Chicagoland area. You know, my perspective, obviously covering the bears, covering Chicago teams. What's the national perspective of the bears? Like how do people around the league or even just like, you know, the league as a whole kind of look at the bears this season. This season, Chris, I would tell you that people always nationally believe in the defense. People always think it's good. People always shrug at the quarterback position. When Ryan Pace and company drafted Justin Fields, there was a complete shift in the energy nationally in the Chicago Bears. Uh, Matt Nagy targeted the quarterback he wants. And then they bring in Andy Dalton. I think the community-wide opinion and you could better answer even than I could is, well, we want Justin Fields and Andy Dalton's not, he's not good anymore. Well, Andy Dalton still has a little bit of something. The bears believe in it. And they've got a, they've got a stallion waiting in the, the back stall to pop out of there and, and be the quarterback of the Chicago bears moving forward. And personally, I don't think Matt Nagy's on a one year, you know, We'll see what you can do. I think when you go up nine spots to get a, a quarterback in the first round, you're telling your head coach, I'm going to give you a couple years here to groom this guy because that's who you wanted. And he's pretty damn good. So national perspective, maybe they're figuring out the quarterback position and if they can score some points in Chicago. 
Stacy Dales, this has been a blast. It was good to see you in person today, finally off Zoom. Uh, see you back <laughs> at practice uh, throughout much of the course of this training camp. New season's here. Can't wait, Chris. Thanks for having me. Joined now by Jim Miller, the former NFL quarterback, former Bears quarterback, as well as a host with Sirius XM NFL Radio, as well as Fox 32 in Chicago. He's a man who wears many hats, and uh, I'm excited to have him on. So, Mills, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to get right to it here. The Bears have a fascinating quarterback situation at hand, and I wanted to talk to somebody who's been on this stage before. So, uh, from the perspective of what they're doing here, Andy Dalton being named the starter going into this season, uh, Justin Fields, that, you know, that prize prospect in the wings, what is the mindset of both of these men as they look ahead toward this season? Like once Andy Dalton going through is he's got this first round pick pressing him. And then what's Justin Fields going through is he's kind of vying for the spot. Well, I think, you know, Andy Dalton's a, a veteran, you know, I thought this move was actually going to happen a, a year ago that, uh, you know, cause obviously Bill Lazor, uh, the passing game coordinator has ties uh, from Cincinnati with Andy Dalton, but you know, Andy, you know, took a good uh, paycheck, went down to Dallas and did exactly what he was expected to do step in. Unfortunately for him, he got hurt, but they finally won a couple games uh, down the stretch with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. I think he knows Andy knows that potentially being replaced is there but he's there to man the ship because he's a veteran quarterback. He can pick up the system very quickly. I think uh, they'll be able to do more offensively with Andy Dalton and just in terms of volume of plays, because Andy comes with a great understanding with that. I don't think the bears offense really grew under Mitch Trubisky. And I think that's where their frustration really stem in the meantime, you look at the young Ohio state quarterback, he's got a ton of talent. I think Andy is going to be a very good influence on him to, to bring him along. Uh, if the season starts to go south, I think Andy would know that, that Justin's going to get an opportunity uh, to play. But Andy knows from his perspective, he's just got to go out and play football and, and really just manage the game with a good team around him. And, you know, potentially he may not even come off the field. But only if the season, I think, goes south is that's where Justin Fields would, would really step in. And really they'd start the process of, him playing and growing the offense weekly with what he can do. You've uh, you've played quarterback in this city. You understand what Bears fans want in that position. And it, it seems like people are clamoring for fields and with that kind of rooting against Dalton, which seems silly and just kind of not really productive at all. But uh, Dalton also seems uniquely qualified to handle this job. He seems to be extremely confident, uh, aware of where Justin Fields is, but also knowing that he's the starter. Like, I don't know if you've had interactions with Andy in the past, but like, what, what do you think, like what makes him unique for this spot? And, and you talked about how you feel like you th uh, think things have to go South on this season for Dalton to step out of that role. Do you think he still has pro bowl level talent in him? Well, I don't, I don't think he has to play at a, you know, I'd really be a Superman out there. I think he's just got to manage the game and manage situations better than have been managed in the past. And Andy's more than capable of that. 
And the reason why Bears fans shouldn't be upset that, that Justin is starting, I know everybody wants to see the young, talented player play right away when you see other quarterbacks like Burrow and probably Zach Wilson's going to be starting uh, right away for, for the Jets. But I'm a big believer in you really don't play a guy until he's ready to play. Let's all slow down a little bit because when you look at Justin, he really is just a two-year starter in college, much like Mitch was only a 13-game starter uh, in college. So I think you look at Matt Nagy, he has an obligation, not only to all the players in the locker room, everybody within the organization, the front office of the Bears, especially the, the players that are going on that field, to put the, the team in the best position to win. And Andy is the, the, the quarterback that really doesn't have a lot of development to, to do like Justin in order to go out and win a game. Believe it or not, the Bears' defense, I think, should be a top-10 defense. He's just got to not turn over the football, and I think that'll give the Bears at least a, a chance to be in every single ball game uh, that they're in. Two areas they got to be better at is in third-down uh, offense and red-zone offense. We know the offense the past two years, they're only averaging 16 points a game. You're not going to win a lot of games in the red zone if you can't punch it in, in the end zone. I think Andy is better equipped to do that, but he doesn't have to be Superman He's just got to be, quote, unquote, manage the game because that's your job as a quarterback, and it doesn't matter who you are. But with the, the draft quarterback class this, this past spring, it was kind of after Trevor Lawrence and even Zach Wilson. It was wonders of what order would go in and how the chips would fall. When you looked at that group beyond those top two or maybe, maybe just beyond Trevor Lawrence, like where did Justin Fields rank, and, and what did you like about him that translates to the NFL? Yeah, I would, I would think I, – I personally would have rated him higher than Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance is really a one-year starter at North, North Dakota State. So, obviously, Trevor Lawrence won. I think if the Jets didn't take uh, Zach Wilson at two, I think the 49ers would have traded up and selected him if the Jets went with another quarterback. I really believe that. To me, he's the perfect quarterback for that outside zone run scheme. Because Trey Lance, they're going to have to do – he's another player who's very raw, hasn't played a lot, uh, hasn't even – believe it or not, he hasn't even run a two-minute offense at North Dakota State. Then I probably would have put Fields due to his athleticism. And then, of course, Mac, uh, Mac Jones, and he obviously went uh, 15 overall to the New England Patriots. Uh, the, the Bears are, are trying to use this mold set in 17 by the Chiefs with the Patrick Mahomes-Alex Smith dynamic, using that for Dalton and Fields. Where do you think Dalton – or where do you think Fields is compared to where Mahomes was as a rookie, where Mahomes coming from, you know, that the pass-happy uh, college-style offense and Fields coming from pro-style system where played on those championship kind of stages. Like, do you see Fields ahead of where Mahomes was at that point? No, I think they're both pretty, pretty similar. That they're just Holmes stepped on the field, like you said, it was a year later because Alex Smith was there. I think everybody knew he had all kinds of, of arm talent. I don't think Fields' arm talent, meaning uh, the angle of throws and things like that, I don't think he can do that like what Patrick, or excuse me, Patrick Mahomes uh, can do. But he's got, a, you know, he's got a really good arm strength. I think he's uh, got to get his long ball out there a little bit more. Sometimes the receivers at Ohio State had to wait on it. So he's got to anticipate a little bit sooner to get it out of his hand. But, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. Uh, he seems committed to, to working. And I think he'll be a quick study uh, under Andy Dalton. So, again, if the, if, the if the team does go south, I don't think the Bears would hesitate at all. Say, say they're, you know, four and six in their first ten games. 
I don't think the Bears would hesitate at all to put Justin Fields in there once they feel he's ready and have a package that that really can protect him. It's a really fascinating storyline in terms of the open-endedness of it. And Matt Nagy, the only thing he's said, the only terms out there are, we'll know when Justin's ready. And it really puts a lot on Dalton from there. So I, I have no doubt that Fields will be ready at some point early this season, just based on his, his pedigree. Uh, and it really puts a lot of pressure on Dalton to perform, which I, I think that's a good thing. You want somebody to rise up to that. Yeah. Well, you look at last year, say, let's use the Miami Dolphins as an example, right? They started the year uh, with, with Fitzpatrick. Once they felt, uh, obviously, young Tua Tango Viola was prepared to, to go in there, and he even self-admittedly still was, wasn't ready. You know, you have to see certain things in practice, like, say, during a blitz period. Does he understand how to, how to throw hot versus a blitz? Is he audibling maybe to a new play? And that's what I mean by protecting a player. You can't just throw him to the wolves because if he goes out there and, and doesn't know what he's doing uh, against certain blitzes, you're going to get him hurt. So I think you got to, you know, they, I think they waited till it was week six or seven when they put Tua Tonga Viola in there and they still pulled him out periodically because certain situations kind of overloaded him. And so I think you always want to make sure that the player is, is ready to play. That's what Coach Nagy's talking about. No different than Andy, Andy Reid saying, hey, when Mahomes is ready to play, that's when we'll start him. Lo and behold, a year later, they felt he was ready, and he, his career has just taken off. What can Matt Nagy do as the guy who caters this offense to both quarterbacks? How can he create this kind of uh, common denominator, if you will, to – Let's say it's Fields coming in mid-game or coming in midweek decision. He's going to be the starter. What can Matt Nagy do to support support both quarterbacks within this offense? Yeah, I, I think when you look at uh, Andy Dalton, I think the the menu's wide open. There isn't a play that he hasn't run or audibles or throwing hots and and things like that. So I think he'll the offense will be wide open with him. There what where there will be no restrictions uh, in terms of the play calling. Now with Justin Fields. Maybe the coach wants to stay away from certain formations and sets due to maybe it'll create a blitz uh, situation. Maybe it's early. It's a lot of mirrored routes. Mirrored routes are just, you know, basically, let's say I call all curl and you're just throwing opposite the safety. You're just throwing opposite away from coverage. So these are simple things that are kind of quarterback 101 things that they can stay a little bit more basic uh, with uh, Justin Fields just so he, he gets his reads down builds his confidence, those type of things. And then maybe you can start to expand it every single week. So I don't think the menu is for Justin Fields is going to be as wide open as what it's going to be for Andy Dole. You've been in this position before as a quarterback, you know, forced to battle for a job and put in a competition. What advice would you give to both of these quarterbacks? I know it's not quote unquote competition yet, but they're competing. Like they're both fighting for something here, whether it's this season or beyond, what would you tell these guys both about this job and in particular with the bears? I've, I've always said this. I, you're not competing against anybody. You're competing against yourself to get better every single day. When I always approached or went to Hallis Hall, I just, before I went out on the field or when I got to the office, I'd say, all right, I need to come away with this building from this building, being a better quarterback today than I was yesterday. And so you just, you have to challenge yourself to how good you want to be. So yeah, there's, there's competition at the position, but it's really, it's really not. It's really the competition against yourself where you say, Hey, I'm not going to make the same mistake. 
You challenge yourself on your footwork, but you need to be a better quarterback improving every single day. So you're really competing against yourself to get better. It's, it's funny. There's all this fascination around the Bears quarterback position. You zoom out to the rest of the roster, and there's a lot of intrigue around this team. How do you see the season playing out for the Bears? What, what do you, what's your perspective of where this team stands? I personally think they're better than advertised. I really learn of Eddie Goldman. Certainly everybody knows uh, Robert Quinn. like to see more production from that standpoint. We'll see if Desmond Trufant still has tread on the tire, but I really like Jalen Johnson on the other side. Need Eddie Jackson to rebound. I don't think he had a really good year that he was satisfied with at the safety spot, but I like uh, Tashawn Gibson and really his uh, passion that he brings to the game. And let's face it, they got some studs at linebacker. I think both of the Roquan and I thought Roquan kind of got screwed out of the all pro team last year. That's how well I thought he played and Danny Trevathan is no slouch either, but their defense to me is, is underrated right now. They're better than advertised now with the leader on offense. We'll see what Tevin Jenkins can do at the left tackle spot. Got to see where, where that emerges there. You look at the receiver spot with the, with the trading of uh, Anthony Miller you know, Ken Ridley and other players step up from that standpoint, but you got to love Allen Robinson. You got to love Darnell Mooney. I think they strengthen their t- tight end position. I think Cole Komet will even be better in year two. And I expect David Montgomery to have a big year running the football, but that's if Nagy stays committed to running the football. It's one thing to say it, that he's going to get 20 catches or 20 touches a game or 20 rushes a game. It's another thing when the game starts to unfold, maybe you fall behind, all of a sudden you start getting pass happy. You got to be committed to it as a coach. And we're going to find out if Matt Nagy uh, will do that because he returns as the play caller. Mills, I got one for one more for you. You're bouncing around the NFL. I know you're right now speaking to you. You're in New, uh, New Jersey, ready to see the Jets, Zach Wilson, and the intrigue there. But the story around the NFL this week is Aaron Rodgers and what looks to be setting up for a last season in Green Bay, a historic Hall of Fame career there. Well, what's your reaction to both him reporting and then kind of the uncertainty of what comes in 22? Yeah, that's normally what happens when you come to negotiations. You end up with an agreement. Neither side is probably happy. You know, Packers aren't happy that he's going to be out of his deal. He had technically three years left under his deal, and now it'll probably be a one year and he'll be able to walk. So he can't be too happy as he's returning. And so he's going to have to grin and bear it as well. But it's probably the best case scenario uh, for both parties. And then Aaron probably will have a decision where he's going to play next year and where whether they just outright release him or whether to, for him to choose his team or whether they elect to trade him uh, to a team that is, you know, he wants it as the destination, but it's kind of, kind of weird to think about it, that it's, it's coming to an end, but I don't think uh, bears fans really are, are crying over spilt milk here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell me more about what you're doing with the Sirius XM NFL radio tour. I, I, our paths cross plenty, of course, uh, throughout the course of the year. But tell me where you're going, what kind of you're seeing throughout the course of camp. Yeah, we'll hit the Jets. We'll hit the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, uh, the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers with the Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions. Then we'll take a tour out west, hit all the West Coast teams uh, from Seattle uh, over there to the Las Vegas Raiders. So, I'm in the thick of it. And in the meantime, I'll be flying back and forth calling the, the, the Bears preseason game. So if you ever want a football fix, this is definitely it. You love it, though. I know you love it. So this is, we're back for football season. You bet. <laughs> Take care, Mills.
Thank you. This is Sports with Sema.